Podcast like a motherfucker. Welcome to Amazon Podcast, episode number 67. I'm here with Casimir the Swede. Hello. And I'm here with Sassiel. Sassy Cyborg. So welcome back to the show, guys. I know, Alex, uh, you've had a bit of a run-in recently. Yeah, it's so been a real party over here. <laughs> glad, glad that you managed to make it. Yeah, yeah. Um, for those of you who may or may not have heard, I had some titanium added to my skull, which was fairly exciting. Uh, yeah, yeah. Had some bone fall out of the bottom of my eye socket, and uh, they decided to scoop my eye up and put a little titanium spoon in there to hold it all in, nice and cozy, and uh, the three screws in the front of my orbital bone to hold the titanium in place yeah it's a bit weird um, how does it feel like does it feel like fucked up or what i mean the swelling's gone down quite a lot it's been a bit over a week since the surgery i guess you just get used to it right um well i well, think that's yet, part but... of what's going on is i'm just i'm getting used to it like before everything was so swollen that you know it was sort of like just having a busted up face you know if you've ever had a black eye or you know been banged up or whatever then you know you can you just, you just know it's when that happens you're just really swollen and everything feels a bit tight and you know it's easier to keep your eye closed uh and it's you know because your vision's a bit impaired because the swelling is kind of blocking your field of view um but now that it's a lot clearer uh you know because the swelling's gone down i'm starting to actually start starting to feel my face again and uh it feels a bit funny. You know, it's a bit numb. <laughs> Can you like feel like numb. metal in your face? Um, they said not to go poking around in there for a few weeks while it's yeah. healing. So probably a good idea. But so it, I haven't, I haven't tried like sticking my finger on and like and like fiddling around. But I, I would say it's a bit numb in in the area where they like created the incision under my eyelid, and um, I think that's a bit because the. You know, there's like some foreign objects in there, and it feel my my nerves are like there's something here. This feels funny. Um, so sensationally, it's a bit strange. Actually, I think the weirdest thing was, um, you know, I don't know. I've never been put under uh, and gone, you know, gone in for surgery or whatever before. But when they wake you up afterwards, you know, they say like you'll be a bit a bit groggy, a bit out of it. Um, and I was definitely like super tired, but I remember everything that was going on but you're in this I'm in this recovery room and there's basically a nurse there that's just sitting there reminding me to breathe because every time <laughs> like she like would give me some juice and I would like take a take a swig of the juice and then hand it back to her and then I would just be like man I'm just so tired and then I just start nodding off and like going to sleep and then I hear this like beeping noise go off from like the oxygen monitor or whatever that they're on the oxygen level of my <laughs> blood and she's like Alex you gotta breathe now and then I'd be like 
<laughs> I'm like, is that good enough? You know, like, can I go back to sleep now? And then I just start nodding off again, but just not breathing. And she's like, Alex, you got to breathe. I'm like, but I'm just so sleepy. And she's like, you know, I'm just trying to keep you alive right now. I'm like, <laughs> so yeah, okay, I'll breathe, I guess. So do you, do you know what's funny is that according to my girlfriend, this is apparently how I fall asleep. It's like, I just like kind of stop breathing. And then I fall asleep. Yeah, you like make yourself pass out, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So she's like, it's super weird sometimes because I just lie there and I don't breathe for a bit. And then I go like, you know, over a minute and then you're like. <sighs> yeah. I mean, that's the, um, I think that's the concern is that because of the anesthetic and stuff, you're in a state where, well, that might be fine. That might be a fine thing normally. Mm. You're in a state now where you're so, your body system is so, um, sort of numbed uh, that uh, that maybe you won't ever get that take that breath and right like you won't feel the sensation yeah. of being yeah. low on oxygen and then take that <clears throat> breath in at some point you'll just kind of stop breathing and then just stop Alex the question on everyone's lips is that your your 60 point iron husk upgrade does that mean that you can open a bottle of beer with your eye socket? Um, yeah, I'm definitely not trying. That's uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of eyelid and um, you know flesh and stuff and bone. Like it's only like there's like three screws in the front area of my face, right? Um, and so I'd have to like hitch it, hook it right on the screw properly. And yeah, yeah, and like just pop it up. Then deal. And then deal with the fact that I'm also smashing through a bunch of flesh to do it. So yeah, fuck that shit. <laughs> like I, I want to know: do you do you think that you've become or that you will become more or less attractive when you have this battle scar? Like, what what does your wife say? Well, the the problem is there is no battle scar. Uh, they like what they did was they made a really really small incision oh, on the outside corner of my eye. No, no. Outside corner of my eye, they made an incision that allowed them to sort of pull my whole eyelid down. Yeah. And then in the under area, with, with like basically, you know, the bottom of the eye and below the eye and the sort of orbital bone area was exposed, they sliced into an area where the where it sort of the tissue was connected to the orbital bone and then just sort of scraped all of the material off of the bone and up into the eye socket, you know, pushing the eye up or compressing it up into the socket so it can slide the blade in. So it's all hidden. Yeah, okay. And I'm not going to, like, try to pull my eyelid down as far as they pulled it down to try to, to try to find the scar, right? Like, they literally sliced my eye open in a creepy, I don't know, saw-esque type way or, like, whatever. Or, like, um... Maybe a better description is like in Pet Cemetery in the movie when the kid like scalpels the lady's cheeks and like her bottom cheeks just like the bottoms of her cheeks just flap down, you know, and her jaw is kind of exposed. It's sort of like that, but you know, and then they've they stitched it back up. So now that it's sort of healed up a fair bit, I'm not going to start, you know, dragging it open. So. <laughs> well, well, this has been seven minutes of talking about non ninth age stuff. So let's let's yeah, my uh, bad. Let's maybe uh, segue into something that people are here to listen about. Not, not that, not that your like uh, eye socket surgery is not interesting. Yeah, it's just not. It's just not really topical. <laughs> <laughs>
I just wanted to hear if you could open a can of beer on your like eye socket <laughs> or a bottle of beer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the can of beer is probably easier because you just smash it into your face until it opens. But yeah, I guess yeah. like if someone's gonna punch you in the face right now, it's just gonna hurt the hand. I certainly hope so. I mean, they'd have to like <laughs> like catch the titanium screw. <laughs> you know, that could and, be quite painful. <laughs> but yeah, but there's a good chance. I mean, there's a good chance that they've that if they're hitting the screws with their knuckle, they're also like hitting my eye and stuff, which is going to not be very comfortable either. Yeah, no, doesn't sound great. Yeah. Okay, so on today's episode, we're going to talk about the new Vermin Swarm uh, Alpha Number Four, and we're also going to talk about the Saurian Ancients background supplement. So, if you're interested in what the new Soren Ancients are going to look like, then I think this is a really good opportunity to get a bit of insight based on the background. And if you want to hear us moan about the how broken the Vermin Swarm are, it's going to be a good opportunity for you to join in the rant. I mean, so, haven't we done that enough? <laughs> yeah, just, just you wait, just you wait, just you wait. Can it get worse? It's like... Oh, well, yeah, well, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Like, let's take everybody's notes and just throw them in the trash and just make it make it even more OP because whatever. <laughs> okay, so... I, I don't know if I would call it OP, but... I don't know if it's OP, but it's definitely better. So, Casimir, do you want to start off with the, the first changes in the Vermin Swarm? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let's, let's dial this back a bit. This is a proper Amatime episode. So, first... We would do like hobby shit. So, oh yeah, true. What's everyone been doing in the hobby? Uh, yeah. So I guess I'll go first then. Um, I think uh, I don't remember if I talked about painting, uh, finishing painting my anvil the last time. We well, had let's let's just say like last last three or four weeks. What's what's been? Yeah, done? exactly. So, so I I finished painting my anvil, which means that I have only one thing left uh, to uh, finish for my current wharf list, and that's the second grudge buster. Uh, so I just recently started that as well because I've kind of been putting off that off because it's uh, it's like a really big model and it's fucking super annoying to paint because it's all... I decided that the canvas, it's like a big uh, zeppelin. I decided that canvas is going to be a light uh, color, like a beige. And then it has like dark wood, you know, wrapping the, the balloon of sorts. Uh, which means that every time you make a mistake, you have to cover up like this, you know, brown color with fucking beige that doesn't cover at all, and it's just horribly annoying. So just don't I've make been any mistakes. It off for a while. <laughs> Sorry. Just don't make any mistakes. Yeah, exactly. That's the. I mean, like I started off like that, and then I got to a part where I had like glued on some bombs or some shit underneath it, so I had to reach in in between things, and I just got brown paint fucking everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so but I, I figured out that I have to start now because otherwise I won't finish it before we go to Britain to play in the English Championship. So uh, so now I'm just I'm pushing through. That's where you're I'm gonna at. be playing dwarf uh, TEC. Yeah, I don't really have anything else that I could transport uh, on an airplane. I think. You've taken UD over before. I have, but I don't want to. <laughs> you don't have that awkward conversation at customs as usual. Yeah, exactly. At least now it will be like a compact shoebox, you know? <laughs> I, I've never... I've Besides, never everybody, everybody in customs, customs in knows what a dwarf before. army looks like. Yeah, exactly. They're like, fuck yeah, based dwarf player. <laughs> okay, so how about you, Alex? Have you been doing any hobby? 
Uh, I started getting my printer rolling again, which is cool because um, I don't know if, if we talked about it, it the last time, but you know, I tried out that new list that you sort of you sent along to me from some dude who is apparently really good at Warriors. Um, so I basically just like tried his list out and it's just a bunch of monsters basically and I thought it was pretty awesome. So now I've got things that I want to print and a little bit more sort of focus because I feel like if I can print these if I can print these creatures and stuff for the list and then paint them then I kind of have something ready to go uh, which is good so I, I built a couple of Feldrak Elders and I'm working on some Chimeras what, what models or what prints are you using for your Feldraks? so there's this um, I'm just gonna ch- let me just check the um, Patreon that I'm using uh, for it because it's like a certain Patreon that I've been backing I think it's called oh yeah it's are called Arch Villain Games um, they have a really nice Patreon. They've been doing some pretty cool stuff. The one for th- this month, or September at least, was like some uh, vampire shit. And then before that, they did a number of these sort of more demon-esque type things, which uh, Feldrax are sort of like, you know, demon centaurs uh, in some representations. So they... They, they turned out pretty good. They basically have some really, they have some like skinny, skinny demon centaurs that are a bit small, and then they have these like really big, like sort of fat bodied ones. You know, they look, so they're not like way bigger, they're just like a lot sort of thicker, if you know what I mean. These look really cool. Um, like, um... so they're pretty rad. Um, and then, uh, and then for the chimera, I. Yeah, who was? It was another. It was a different thing that I was backing on Patreon. The vampire, that I don't back the vampire stuff looks awesome. Did you get it this yeah. month as well? Yeah, yeah. I've just been. I basically have been backing those guys for a year now, um, and I just kind of let it let it run because, in general, they have some really cool stuff. So I just go like, oh yeah, cool. Uh, I think I'm trying to figure out who the other one is from. It might be minimum Mini Monster Mayhem. Uh, where uh, like Varklark is fucking sick. Uh, it's actually in games. My Mini Factory. Yeah, but basically, I've started. I've, I was, I've, you know, I've, I, I kind of got on this rampage of like backing stuff and backing stuff and backing stuff and just going like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> I'll support that and. Oh, that's pretty cool. But now I'm, I'm starting to actually, like, be a bit pickier about my stuff, and like, also, I've been spending a lot of money on things I'll probably never print. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe it makes more sense to not, to like, not do that. Um, but uh, yeah, I think the other ones are from Mini Monster Mayhem. Let me see. Yeah, Mini Monster Mayhem made these, um, made these pretty cool uh, chimeras. It's like there's there's a couple of different ways to build them, which is nice. Like there's basically some with wings. There's some, uh, and then there's a, a whole model without wings. Uh, then there's like 
they're all this really cool rock. And then there's three different tails you can get. You can put a scorpion tail on it, a snake tail, or just like a tail tail. Um, but the build has chimeras without wings, and one of them has a is a, a rider on them. So I'm trying to like figure out, you know, do I want three of the same model basically? Um, where I can basically just change the tail, or do I want to like find some new chimera models to, you know, have some diversity when I build this? I'm trying to I'm trying to decide. It's sort of a tough tough decision. There. I, I don't think I've seen these ones before, but I'm just like flicking through now, and there some really awesome models on this mini monster mayhem thing. Yeah, they're pretty good. Like I just Phoenix stopped backing and them because uh, and stags and. Guys. See if you can see. Can you see this chimera? I'm just sending you guys. Let's see. Oh, that's sick. I like the one with the scorpion tail. Yeah, I mean it's got the, it's it's got an interchangeable tail. Yeah. So I can... It also has like a little baby chimera, which is super cute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All it about has, the it has a baby one. Yeah. But it's got the, also that nice rock formation that it's standing on, which I think is quite rad because. Um, when I first printed it out, I thought, oh, if this is going to be on like a 50 by 100, it's a bit small. But then when I like stick it on the rock, I'm like, okay, it's actually... Yeah, that can fit on something super small. That's totally fine. Uh, you, you can like um, change the dimensions of it anyway, right? Yeah, I mean, I can make it bigger if I want. Um, but the I guess the whole thing for me was was like, I've already I've already printed it. So if I don't use this one, then you know, it's just it's just a bunch of resin I I spent for no reason. Yeah, I mean, for for those for those of you who um, don't have a three D printer, you can also get this on Etsy for like ten quid. So, oh yeah. right, just FYI. Yeah, there you go. I mean, the, the that's one of the things I really like about these Patreon sets is oh, that, that that's um, the baby. Sorry, the big one is like thirty quid, but yeah. <laughs> They, with these Patreon sets, they let people buy like a, um, you know, like a manufacturer's license or whatever. So they pay a bit more monthly and then they're allowed to print and sell the prints online on places like Etsy or whatever. So it's fairly cool that um, if you don't have a printer, you can still get some of these really nice. So have you actually printed anything? So I printed one of I printed the chimera and I printed um, two different tails for it. Um, so I printed the scorpion tail and I printed the uh, the regular tail just to see how they looked. Um, and, it, and he's got his heads and stuff. But I didn't I didn't I didn't print the one with wings because in the in the build they don't have wings and fuck me if I have to like transport it those They're wings are so those tall. Wings. You could always you could always like magnetize them or pin them or something. Yeah, yeah. I think they they sort of have a slot that they slide into. So yeah, I could build some kind of magnet rig for them or something like that. But it seems like a bit of if I mean if the if the if I don't if the build doesn't even have winged ones, then fuck it. You know. Yeah, I'm. I'm I think it's more like a playstyle thing, the wings thing. Like if you want it or not. It makes it better in some yeah, ways, but worse in others. I don't. I don't know. I mean, the range on the chimeras is so big without the wings, it's 20. Yeah, like, if, I mean, you can basically get around most things to stand in your way anyway. 
this is huge. So, I mean, the wings are, I mean, anytime I have had a flying unit that was able to sort of get into somebody's backfield, like when I used the, when I used the, um, uh, Exalted Herald. Yeah, my brain is just exploding. Exalted Herald uh, with the wing augment. It's been pretty cool. Uh, you know, just dropping behind some units and then, you know, breathing some fire on them, casting some spells on them, that kind of shit. It's been pretty fun. Um, you know, hopping around on them is, is rad. But, um, but yeah, 20, 20 inch range is pretty great. You can hold those guys back pretty far and then like get them in the side of stuff I think pretty effectively um, if you want to so cool. so yeah I'm, gonna, I'm just going to work with that uh, but basically yeah I've just done a bit of printing need to do some gluing um, and some priming and then I think I'll get myself back in the paint game cool uh, yeah and since I, and since I can't really uh, do much else right now with this eye it's a good time to Get some hobby done. Get on the hobby. Get ready for some tournaments in the winter. Yeah, the weather's changing too, so yeah. we're spending less time outside. Like, rug- kind of <laughs> rugby is like wet and miserable. Yeah, and I can't. I can't play anyway for basically the rest of the year. So. Yeah. How long are you out for? I mean, their their speculation is um, it was two weeks before any type of exercise whatsoever, and then six weeks before anything like physical so even some even some like incidental contact yeah, like so, so next year <laughs> like training so basically next next year and then when i talked to somebody else they were like okay yeah i mean that's that's a that's an all right speculation they were like but good chance because of the size of the of the bone break that the actual bone won't heal back in place all the way for like six months Fuck. so i was like okay but there is a titanium plate there protecting everything. So, do they take it out once it's fixed? No, no, it just stays in there. Oh. <laughs> nice. So yeah, yeah. So Ro- Robocop forever. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Just, just have to make sure I don't get persecuted by any fucking totalitarian regimes digging in my face for some extra metal. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, so hopefully the fa- hopefully fascism is gone. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold my breath, but sure. Yeah, just got to make sure they don't get my medical records at the very least. Yeah. So I've been fairly busy, as usual, um, but with the hobby as well, I've been a little bit industrious. Um, I finished Kirsty the Kraken. She got painted and completed. Uh, it's like a scratch, not a scratch build, but a conversion from the Games Workshop Kraken. Um, you can find it's really a, a really deceptive looking creature. You know, um, it's funny because like on on some of the angles, when I saw him in person at your house pre-painted, I was like, okay, yeah, that's totally a Kraken. Um, but then when I saw the pictures, you know, from like different angles, there was like some parts where I was like, it almost looks like, you know, a Hydra that's been converted or something like well, that. Well, it is a Hydra that's been converted. <laughs> well, there you go. Okay. <laughs> so I'm not crazy. <laughs> I think the, the little flippers is the best part. The fact that it doesn't actually have legs. Yeah, I, I put flippers on it. Like uh, I made them from the Ramfordon rider from Games Workshop um, kit. Like the tails, they're like these like fan tails, and I, I had, don't know why I had some in my bits box, but I did. And so I made like uh, two flippers from these. And um, yeah, so it's got like little cute little like turtle flippers 
at the back. Yeah. Awesome. If you want to see pictures of it, you can find it on the Amazon P log. Yeah. And uh, I've That's also good. been doing a bit work on the chariots because I we're just a, basically I need a chariot for NerdCon. So I'm just finishing off a chariot at the moment. Um, it's made out of actually the the Dark Elves. Meg, not mega box, but like start collecting box. You get like a chariot kit and a and a kraken kit and some corsairs, and um, I kind of did a bit of a like a kit bash type thing with some parts and and from the 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 chariot kit that you get with in that box, I made like two chariots basically, and I added some of like the old school um, cold ones from sixth edition, which is like the same cold ones as I that I'm using for my dreadnoughts. And then some random like um, metal samurai guys that I got from uh, Test of Honor, I think I got them from. So you can look forward to that on the painted log if you're following us. Uh, but yeah, almost finished those. And what else have I done? I spray painted some wild horns because I was considering playing beast herds for the rest of the year. But I think I'm going to be ending up playing Dreadhouse. But we'll see. Um, for the ETC team so let's see what happens and that's about it so yeah almost finished the chariot finished Kirsty the Kraken and started work on some mongrels oh a lot as usual yeah as usual I mean I, I don't know how I have time to do it to be honest because I'm so busy but I seem to get in like 20 minutes every day and just chip away at it yeah, like I mean, I definitely when that when you're in that situation, it goes really well for me. Uh, now I've been uh, like going back and forth between Sweden and Germany a bit, and then definitely you have like two weeks where you do nothing because you're away from home, and then that slows everything down. Yeah, I think I think it's about just like committing to like just do a little bit every day. Yeah. But okay, so that was our hobby section, and now we're I'm gonna take a quick break before we go into the first topic of the show, which will be the Vermiswarm Alpha Number Four SAS review. Live, welcome back to Amazon Podcast. Uh, so let's talk about some vermiform changes. Let's do it. Take it away. Yeah. Take it away. Yeah. So I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna like uh, meticulously talk about every change, but I think there's a couple of changes that definitely like changes the way uh, the army plays overall. Uh, so right off the bat, the army doesn't have a battle standard bearer option anymore. Okay, they just took it away. Yeah, so now, well, they replaced it with something they call, like, a greater eagle standard. So, eagle standard is that mechanic that allows your core units to project, like, a mini BSB thing around them. Uh -huh. And essentially, your, like, fighting character can take this upgrade, and then he becomes, uh, like, this uh, w one of those mini BSB things, but he doesn't require the general's pre commanding presence to activate. So, like, all the other units, they need to be in your commanding presence to give this buff out. But if you upgrade your fighting character, he can, like, operate outside the bubble, but still give uh, re-roll and minimize to units within six. Okay. So, it's, so it's this, kind of like a way of playing a bit wider? Yeah, and that I think that's a theme for this update. Like, they definitely made the options to, to play outside the bubble, uh, like, just a lot stronger. And this is one of the main things. Because now you can, like, make, like, essentially, like, a, a maybe even a pool of, like, three units outside the bubble, far enough flank. You know, that could work. They won't have, uh, 
like high leadership or, or discipline, but they will at least uh, at least they'll have the reroll and the minimized. Do you do you find it ironic that these are rats and they're marching under like an eagle banner, which is like eagles eat rats? <laughs> well. Yeah, maybe, but like maybe they would think those animals are like super cool, right? Like, why why do we make like banners out of stuff? Like, don't we, you know, don't we take like the most fearsome animals and stuff, oh, and like you know, true. like a lion or some shit? I guess lions would eat us, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I, if yeah. the whole sort of based around the ancient Romans or Rome or Roman Empire or whatever you want to call it, I guess, I guess that's. That's why, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, I feel like they, you know, they could probably have something else. I'm just very happy it's not like a rat standard or something, because that wouldn't make any sense. Like, why would they have a a standard, a, like a standard with a rat on them when they're already rats? You know, like, why Why the fuck? Yeah. I don't know. I just think it's, the thing I think is really a bit, a bit strange, though, is that uh, just regarding this, like, mini eagle standard or whatever you want to call it, um, is like, why basically give them a, like, why make a new BSB? Yeah, that you have a good point because something I I had this I talked to somebody on the forum uh, and I said something like, well now this this is great because it can activate outside the bubble, but it turned out that I actually hadn't uh, read the rules correctly for the last update. And because of so in the first update they released, uh, the BSB required to be in the general's presence to like activate his bubble of rerolls and stuff. But then they like slightly changed the wording. So apparently in the last update, the BSB could still operate independently, but like almost nobody knew about it because <laughs> it was like a subtle word change. So so actually this is like kind of a nerf. It's like a redu- reduction of the BSB range from 12 to 6, uh, but apparently it could still operate outside the bubble. <laughs> I don't know if that's intended or was intended or not, but... Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> but anyway, I, it, either way, I think it's a, it's a good thing that you can have like... Uh, because like from my experience of playing them it's like so it's so fucking frustrating to keep these like massive units within the general's bubble and it's just it, it will just make it just a better playing experience to be able to have at least a little bit more leeway when you uh, play play this army okay so so i guess it makes it a little bit more flexible yeah exactly exactly and i think those flanking units will still be like kind of weak to things like terror or fear causers, things like that, that would normally be on the flank anyway. So I don't know if this is like a power choice. Okay. Uh, what, I mean, what is interesting to note though, is that you can now get it because he's not a BSB, right? So he doesn't give like less magical items. Uh, so he can now take the doom blade and this thing at the same time. Okay. Which is it's quite powerful. So you could like uh, you can ambush him in a tunnel, for example, uh, with the Doom Blade, and also he doesn't give because he's not a BSP, he doesn't give up extra victory points when he dies, for example. Okay. Well, that's that's so, good. Yeah. So can it's, you it's, have it's, more it's, than it's, one? Is that good? <laughs> I well, I think let's see. Uh, yeah, you could have more than one. You could have more than one of these, but I don't think you ever would really. Because like once you have your your general and one of these, you're probably already covering most of your units. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but maybe if you want some like redundancy, if you're if you're taking two fighting characters anyway, you might do. I guess. Is it how many points is the upgrade? Uh, fifty points. So okay, so still, it's still as, like as expensive. Yeah. 
Okay, fair enough. So what's the next change? Uh, yes, so uh, then in the magical items, I would say... The, uh, the wait, wait, change. come on, cover the mishap, huh? mishap first. Uh, okay, sure. Well, I yeah, so the mishap did change, probably for the for the better, actually. So now it's... Uh, <laughs> it's still now stupid, it's still stupid, it's still just fuck all. Still, so now the mishap is always strength 5, AP 10, uh, so it doesn't change its, its power depending on if you overpower the trial and terror, the thing or not. Uh, so if you shoot normally and you miss up, you take two hits. And if you use the trial and terror, you take four hits. So this is the, like, so stupid. This is so stupid. So, so why is this stupid? <laughs> like, one, it's like better than a normal mishap or misfire. It's better. And why is it strength five, AP 10? Like, it makes absolutely no sense. Absolutely no, no. sense. <laughs> because it to... makes it much worse for like all your shooting like your small shooting units and then yeah. the big ones they don't give a shit they yeah like the big ones are wounded on a on a 4 plus whereas the, the small ones are wounded on a 2 plus yeah right now yeah so yeah I, I agree I I don't really see why the big ones don't take you know like or why the small ones rather that are already not taken uh, take a lot more damage it's a bit yeah. strange so make it either always on a 4 plus or always on a 3 plus and two hits like does nothing. Even if you supercharge it to four, it doesn't does fuck all. Like it should be because you get such a big bonus from trial and terror, that like, it should be a much worse mishap, in my opinion. So I, I think that D three and D six would be perfect. Like if you do the small one, you take D three, so you could theoretically kill the whole weapon, like a whole weapon team or a whole brute or something. And if you do the big one, you could, you know, kill two, or you could kill your whole cannon or whatever it is. Like I think that would be a good uh, sweet spot because, like right now, when it's just two, it's not maybe not random enough. If it was just D three wounds with no saves, then yes. If it was D six wounds with no saves, then yes. But I think if you did that, you probably have to make the weapons better than they are. That's my opinion. Are they that? Ah, oh, come on! I think they're quite strong. In my like, I I I don't know. You I guess you'll see when you play against it more. But like to me, the shooting is like the weakest part of this book right now. Really interesting. Yeah, like the the, the strong part is like the big combo blocks. They're like super powerful. But like the shooting is kind of every time I've taken it, it's not really like it doesn't do a lot. It, it dies pretty easily. Okay, I, I haven't played that many games against him yet, so we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure that will, like, you know, bear out in the end of points and whatever. Yeah, so uh, what's the next change? Yeah, so, like, the there's some minor changes I won't bother to bring up. I think the next one that, like, really changes a lot of the playstyle is that the uh, there's an item called the Cowl of the Apostates. And uh, what this does is that before it allowed your like swarm priest to count as being like both the different cults, so he would be able to like activate the holy triumvirate uh, thing that lets you take master spells when you have three of the same of one cult. But now it also gives you the holy triumvirate rule in itself, this item, uh, which means that you could take the cowl of the apostate on a senator, and then have two swarm priests and therefore have free with this wait, upgrade. And wait a second, wait a second. This is just a way around to get extra spells. Yeah, yeah exactly. Wait, and it's also cheaper it's than the upgrade. Points. Like, it's so weird. Yeah, it's, why it's why so would stupid. you not take this? Why would you yeah, not exactly. take this? 
Yeah, so like they managed to create an item <laughs> that you would never not take, and it is just like it just—it's just a way around your already like the rule you already wrote. Like it's very stupid. This is, this is such bad design. I'm sorry, guys. Whoever yeah. wrote this, this is like, okay, yeah, let's make the vermin swarm. Oh, right, yeah, they can't have wizard masters, so we'll give them a rule that if you spend about that amount of points, like three wizards equals one wizard master, and you can take the spells. Ah, uh, let's just change that and give a 20-point item to another character, then it's fine. Come on, yeah, exactly. come on. This is absolute bullshit. And yeah. and also, I mean, if you can also take uh, the Book of Arcane Mastery. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah, and you exactly. get plus two to cast on the master level spells. Like, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. 20 yeah, points. Exactly. Yeah, it's so Come good. On. I think I think the the build right now, the like the best magic build. This is going to be an Yeah, like I think for the the best build for points is you take like you take an adept on a bell with witchcraft, and then you take an adept on foot with the book and farmerturgy, and then you have this on your senator. So then, then you, you have your farmerturgy dude. To cast. On yeah, plus two to cast combat every turn, yeah. and then the other guy has wheel turns, which is the most important spell for this army, and uh, that's it. Then you have like two other, like Raven's Wing and the Magic Missile or some shit, and that's super cheap. Maybe you take the Roll of Battle or something as well. Like it's it's such a good magic. And phase it's for cheap, America. and it's like, well, probably one of the best magic phases. Yeah, exactly. Plus so, two to cast combat, you say. Yes, and uh, and yeah. then Al, you'd be you'd be happy to know that when you have plus two to cast on Comet, like it's it's like something like seventy or eighty percent on three dice or some shit, and it's just like super reliable on four dice, and it's just it's it just goes off every turn, like it's crazy. It's a bit broken, frankly. Yeah, basically, it yes. sounds like a disaster. What? Yeah, it's, it's Come a lot on, of fun, twenty points. I what? I what is this? What is this? I think my, my record is to successfully cast four comets in one game with uh, with this combo. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like like after the spells as well, because they rolled so high that they couldn't actually dispel it. It's good times. Uh okay, so let let's 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 go for some positive things. <laughs> so the next one Wait, is just, just, the, just to dial you back. Yeah? Oh, okay. One positive change. Swarm Master. Okay, oh, it went yeah, it went sure. down ten points. This is the this is the weapon that we were moaning about before that you got like fifteen extra attacks. So yeah. they made it infantry models only, which makes sense because now you don't get like fifteen extra guys for being on a pendulum. Yeah. So that like significantly reduces like the maximum number of attacks that you can get, which is a good change. Yeah, and just, it also they also the limited record. to max ten attacks as well. Yeah. So yeah. So that was a good change. But yeah, the Cow of the Apostate, come on. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing, guys? This is broken. <sighs> yeah, I mean, especially since, like, this Warmaster, like, the Bell is already, like, one of the best units in the game. Uh, or, like, not in the game, but in the book. Uh, and, like, the Bell with the Swarm Priest with the Swarm Master is, like, was such a good combo. It's taken in every list, basically. And and so, yeah, it had to, it had to be changed somehow. Yeah. So the next change. Uh, the next big thing is the character allowance has gone up to 40%. It From... was only 35 before. What does, does that change anything? I don't know if it actually changes like any like combos as such, but what it does is that it, before, I think the problem with the book was that you once you took like your senator and your free mages, uh, for which you now don't have to have, but say you take free <laughs> other. So, so what they did is they, <laughs> is they, is they said, okay, 
You no longer have to take three adepts. You can just take two and a cowl for 20 points. And we're going to increase the maximum amount of characters you can have. Yeah. Easy money. <laughs> Six so it's one. Like a, like a one. Nice old how, how is how is How is that, like, sensible? <laughs> just how is it sensible? <laughs> it's not, dude. It's an alpha. Like, nothing needs to be sensible in here. <laughs> Okay. But, but I think I think the big thing was that before, sure. like if you if you took your leadership and your magic, and then you were like, I want to take you know these prefects or like was all of these small characters. It was you actually didn't have a lot of points to like, you know, take take a prefect that's good at the tunnels or take one that's good with the shooting weapons. Like it was very hard to actually fit them in. And now there's definitely just a lot of more space in the character section. Yeah, uh, but but for me that that's not that's not good design because I I want it to be a choice. Yeah, I see what you mean. I think the problem is the magic is so good, right? So like I like with the cowl, then yeah, I mean you don't need to take all the magic anymore. But I think you can make the argument before is that the ma- magic is so good. Why would I ever take anything else than like all the free adepts or whatever? Well, two adepts and a cowl. Yeah, now exactly. Now that is kind of solved, but I I'm hoping that that change is not going to stick. It's it's really stupid. Like the whole design of the, the of the character section is just like broken because of that. Like, because I mean, obviously they designed the book with three adepts in mind, and now they're changing it. It it makes absolutely yeah. no sense to me. But okay, yeah, I mean that that's uh, you you basically you got it right. <laughs> I mean, so what's the next big change, Casimir? Because I I I have another another bone to pick with this one. Here we go. The the senator. Uh, so the the discipline stuff was actually changed like uh, in in many like weird small ways. Uh, so before the eagle standards, like they measured, uh, they always measured their activation to eighteen inches to the general. Uh, that has now been removed. So now you need like a general that has an eighteen inch inspiring presence, which is is very easy to get because the senator gets like an eighteen inch to eagle standards when he buys like some mount, and you have, the other guys are on gigantic mounts, so no problem. But uh, then the senator got a new rule called the dice casts. Which, which frankly, like, I, I was away for one week and they made this shoot. What, what is this name? Who came up with this? It's like, do you know about Caesar? By the way. Uh, yeah, okay. But what is it? Uh, so it gives you plus one discipline when you're within uh, eight, or uh, sorry, within 12 inches of uh, enemy moles. Why? Why? So he gets more brave when the enemy is close? It makes no sense. Yeah, it should makes, be the other way around. No it should yeah, be the exactly. other way it's around. Like, oh, yeah. I'm in the fight. I'm a guy who can't fight. Now I'm extra brave. It, just, I don't understand this. <laughs> I just do not understand this. So what, you, yeah, what you're saying is like, okay, for like panic test in the first few turns and shooting against shooting and magic, you only discipline seven with maximized roll, which is discipline nine. And then as soon as you get like into combat, you're discipline eight, so you're discipline ten. Like I, I don't, I just, uh, why? Yeah, what, is- what is this rule doing? And and I think it just like mitigates the weakness of the army. I thought rats are supposed to run away from shit. Yeah, yeah, like so. So I, I think the motivation of this rule was that the uh, the crown of autocracy or whatever was very prevalent before which is the thing that gives you plus one discipline just just base it's like an item in the, in and, the and that's fine 
Yeah, exactly. And I think the I think the problem, as you say, is that here's a rule that is not motivated by the background at all. It's only motivated by like gameplay uh, things, or like maybe not even gameplay, like basically like rulebook items. And that that is, as you say, but that's bad design. Like it shouldn't be like that. It's really stupid. Like, okay, number one, it's a stupid name. But yeah. Aside from that, it makes no sense. It, if the the rulebook items are there to stay, they're not going to change in any time soon. So, so why does it matter if if someone if someone wants to take that crown of autocracy on the vermin senator to make it discipline eight? That's fine because if it dies, it's really expensive. Like it, to to me, that's fine. But why why add a stupid rule to the rule book to to kind of force you away from the item? Yeah, it so makes no sense. Let me let me give you a, a kind of. A conspiracy theories and of, of why uh, why they did this L- love the conspiracy theory so the- so basically theory? i've uh, <laughs> yeah conspiracy something so so from what i've understand understood from the uh, like the discussions on the forum is that the one of the main things the designers want is that the vermin senator is supposed to be like the best general like in terms of discipline oh yeah he's have. just been seven yeah, yeah, okay, just wait. So, but the problem <laughs> is that they, they also want you to be able to take the blood for Leggett, like the, the fighty character, as a general, because there's like a mount, which is like a massive platform that he can only take if he's the general. But he's only Discipline 6. And the problem is, like, a Discipline 6 general is not, like, that playable uh, in general. Like, it, it, like, you know, you could play it in a fluffy game, but you're never gonna, you know, never gonna take that in a tournament list. Like, it's too unreliable. Uh, unless you have some mechanic like the, the the dictator that gives unstable and all this other bullshit, uh, so they, what they did in this redesign is that they give gave this mount the big platform for the legates plus one discipline, so he can actually be a, a like a decent general when he's on the mount. So he'll be discipline seven, but then he's the same discipline as the senator, and we can't have that because that means the senator is not the best anymore. So now the senator needs like a bullshit rule to be slightly better. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and okay. uh, and I like I just I don't see why like I think the the blood for Leggett when he's on that platform he's gonna like actually be fighting stuff so he's like risky he's risking dying anyway because it's like a combat build so it's fine like you don't need the senator to have fucking discipline eight you know like you, he can just you're be getting maximized rolls you're getting all this other stuff like come on yeah if if you want him discipline seven then you fucking take the crown. Oh, you mean on the blood for legged or who, yeah, who are you talking about? Both. Uh, I don't know because he like needs to be in the front line with his fucking platform and then he dies and costs like fast and 200 points. Yeah, but, like, okay, I, you got heavy armor. You you probably get some extra armor from the platform, right? How much do you get? The platform is gigantic, so it, it's only like three plus or something. Uh, like it has eight wounds, I think. Oh, come on. Uh, eight, eight wounds of a three plus save. That's better than a dragon. Yeah. I mean, it, it is, but it's also, you can't hide like a dragon. Well, you're in a unit. Yeah, that's true. That is true. It has like it has rest five, uh, eight hit points, and free plus save. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> I think to me, to me, I think that the, the plus one discipline on the platform is is a, is a good change. But I don't think the I, I don't think the senator needs anything extra. He's fine with discipline seven. Like that's perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah. It, it seems like a really stupid change on the sensor for right, basically no apparent reason. Yeah. No, no, I agree. Like, I don't think that I, I, I so, would be surprised. So, that so my, my theory, my theory is that the the Vermin Swarm book is going to be exactly the same as the ID book and go through like 
10 iterations of alpha and 10 iterations of beta before it even gets settled. Because the ID book is not even gold yet. Yeah. It's going to be exactly the I mean, same. This is like this is the exactly the reason why I'm like pausing any building of any Vermis <laughs> Do not build wanna... any models for this army yeah. because no one knows what's going to happen. Yeah, because like you know, in in fucking four months or something, it might not be at all what I want to play. So I, I'm definitely <laughs> just like just holding off playing on UB and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I, mean, I think we've kind of we've kind of talked about the. We've kind of talked about the legate. We've talked. We've talked about the great eagle standard. We've talked about the the yeah. improvements uh, so to the I triumphal think, platform. Yeah, I think I think a positive change is that the the assassins now follow kind of the same rules as the uh, dreadolf assassins. Correct. So this was something uh, that we yeah. did together with both teams, is that we streamlined the both assassin rules so that they're both exactly the same, yep. essentially. So. Um, this was just a, a something that the rules team decided that they wanted to do to streamline the rules to make it a little bit more playable and more kind of easy for people to pick up. It's like okay, you've got an assassin. This is the rules for assassins. Yeah, I think that's a, it's a great change. I really, really like it. Uh, I do, I do want to try these, uh, but I at the same time I feel like they're still overshadowed by how good the Doomblade is at like killing characters and stuff. So. It's it's sometimes a little bit hard to motivate to put this in when you can put in the Doomblade and he also now gives like the you know the Greater Eagle standard and shit so so it's uh, I don't know uh, at some point I'll try him at least. The only thing I don't understand about the assass this assassin is that why does it get divine attacks and why doesn't it get poison attacks? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. And also, why is I... it distracting? <laughs> Like I, it'll probably be very difficult for them to motivate why it has divine attacks. I feel like distracting. Yeah. I don't know. It has two hit points. Like maybe uh, that's fine. Uh, yeah. Okay. Sure. But still, like distracting seems like oh, let's just add distracting. Like why? Is yeah, it because think... it's got like a tail or something? Like that distracts people? <laughs> or, like I, I don't know. Yeah, it's a super ninja, dude. I, I feel like they could... Yeah, but the, I mean, remove... the, dread, the Dreadoff one doesn't have distracting. Yeah, that's uh, that's probably an oversight. Maybe we should just add distracting to that one. <laughs> but, but why <laughs> no, Why but would I, a, like a rat yeah. assassin get distracting and a Dreadoff assassin wouldn't? Yeah, I have no idea, dude. I feel, I feel like maybe they could scale off stuff like that and just reduce the price a bit. Yeah, exactly. Like, like cut, cut the price down, cut distracting, cut divine attacks, give it poison, yeah. make it 110, 120... Yeah, because the the problem right now is that you probably like you probably want to have free because they like buffed each other when they're in the same units. But but free is just too expensive, or like well, may, I don't know if it's too expensive because I haven't tried it. But it's just very expensive. Like it's a uh, three hundred ninety points when you build a list. Okay, here's, here's my theory. It's like look, like you're paying one hundred and thirty points for basically like a one shot at a character. Yeah. Like you, you've got two hit points. You got res three. You got no save. Like distracting is not gonna save you. Like yeah. you, you've only got two hit points. You're there. You're gonna try and kill someone, and if you fail, you fail. And if you die, you die. Like this distracting is like is not really gonna keep you alive. And and it just seems like rules bloat and yeah stuff that you don't necessarily need. I would rather I would rather have this cheaper. 
Yeah, exactly. Because the point is that, as you say, even with distracting, he's probably going to die. But you need, like, you need to buy more than one to power them up because just a single one has only three attacks. It's yeah. only when you get more than one in a unit they start to buff each other. So I, I think realistically, like two might work, but I feel like it probably isn't really enough. You probably need three, and three is three hundred ninety points. That's like that. That is a whole like Doomblade character. Yeah. Doomblade character is like three sixty or something. Yeah. So I think you need and to re like remove distracting, remove the remove divine attacks, make it hundred points, and then we talk. Yeah, exactly. Like if for a hundred points, then definitely, I then I would definitely take this this thing. Like, cause just cause you could put it where you want it. That's the real power of it. Yeah. So the next change. Ooh, let's see. There's some point changes, but the the next one in core is that the black for veterans have uh, gotten back their special rule. So, uh, so they basically right before the first alpha was released to the public, they had the rule as it is now, uh, and it was deemed to be too overpowered in combination with a character. Uh, but then they nerfed the character and nerfed the rule, and suddenly Black for Veterans were quite bad, like, compared to other core choices. So now they, like, got back that rule that they had before, which uh, is that when they're uh, in close formation, which means uh, not, uh, like, when they're not in uh, 8 wide, they get plus 1 armor against range attacks. And when they're in uh, eight wide or more, they get really roll one to wound in uh, close combat. I like it, but I think it's quite strong. Yeah, I think it's it's quite good. And uh, but to be honest, I my like, kind of my uh, opinion is that they the black first either needed to be like significantly cheaper as they were before, or they needed this rule back. And they decided to put the rule back. I don't know if that's the right choice. Like maybe they could just make them cheaper and have less rules. I no, I, th I think I think increasing eliteness is the right way to go on this because they're supposed to okay. be like an elite unit, and that feeling that you get is like much, much more. You you get that feeling with this unit now because they they have yeah. a three plus save against shooting, or you have that reroll to one to wound if you want to go wide. I, I think I think it's a good change. I I think this is a good. I like this one. Yeah, like I'm definitely excited to try them. But I, think, I, 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 I assume like, they increase the points on this unit. Uh, I don't actually know. Maybe they they either went up or down a little bit on the base cost, but not on the extra moles. But like to, to be honest, in the previous like in the previous iteration of of the Black for Veterans, I took them like for eight you games. You get twenty five models for two hundred and forty points. Yeah, it's very cheap. What are they That's smoking? <laughs> <laughs> what are they smoking? These are great. Yeah, you, you like have Halberd Standard. Fuck. Okay. I'm definitely looking forward to trying them again. Like I, uh, I have to say though, like without this rule that they have now, I was just con consequently this was like the worst unit in my in my army. Like it was just it would just die in droves and not really do anything. Uh, but I'm hoping like with this rule, it would be a little bit more resilient to shooting and stuff, so it can actually get into combat. Okay. I mean, would you consider taking the blood for Petur Praetorians rule? Not really, like it, it because it makes them special. It is not core unit anymore. Is it, so like is the, it free? Yeah, it's free. Yeah, it, it, before it cost points, and then I, the answer was definitely no. Like now, now it's definitely it's like more of a choice. But I, it, I just think that there's there's another unit in special that like overshadows this like yeah. so badly. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. there's no point really, like unless you're specifically you want to like you know do something some kind of fluffy thing maybe. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Uh, I like this change. Uh, hopefully the points work out, but yeah, good. Yeah, probably will. Next one. Yeah. 
Yeah, so then we go into special, and other than some point changes, there's like a major change in how a unit works, and that's the play disciples. Wow, this is so stupid. <laughs> yeah, this is, like, this is a big one, and like another one for playing wide. So uh, they have a rule called Fear No Evil, which before gave them Fearless when a Swarm Priest was in the unit. Which was fine. Uh, yeah, which is like, yeah, it's decent, which right? Makes and sense. then uh, now it has uh, a new uh, part of this, which means that as long as this unit is uh, steadfast, and doesn't have disrupted ranks, so that means uh, uh, that it's not flanked by a unit that has like two ranks or more. It is always just unbreakable. <laughs> so, so basically, you buy 40 of these, uh, you go like, you know, seven wide or something, you still have, I don't know, six ranks or whatever it is, and uh, then you go up a flank and you're unbreakable. It's great. This is so ridiculous. What, yeah, like, so good. Who came up with this? Like what? What is this? What is this rule? Uh, Alex, yeah, you there? Yep. Give me the sass, man. Give me the sass. Unbreakable. Like right. unbreakable. Great weapons. Toxic attacks. Poison. All the bullshit. Like what is this? What is this? I don't have. I mean, this. You don't. You don't need me. Because it speaks for itself. It's trash. It's a trash fucking plan. Yeah, like like, people piling a bunch of trash rules and bonuses onto an army because they're having a circle jerk. It's fucking stupid. And 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 how many how many points did they go up? Uh, I think maybe one point. One point per model, per extra model. Yeah, I I think so. Yeah. And you start with twenty. I would say, who cares? You're going to make it as big as possible. Yeah. Yeah, I think. they're unbreakable, which means that they basically stay there till they're all gone, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so like Until to illustrate this, all of them, like you yeah. buy all of them every time. Yeah, so like to to illustrate how how good this is on a flank is that if you buy a max unit with like full command, we're talking like four hundred fifty points maybe. And if you if you're fighting like a monster, I don't know, like your Feldrak, your giants, whatever. Uh, you have to kill essentially. You have to kill like thirty models before they even have a chance of breaking. Like yeah. because they because as long as they're steadfast and the, the the monster only has one rank, so like the disciples can just reform five wide and be unbreakable. Okay, look, uh, like, until the, there's an easy there's an easy ones. fix. There's a very easy fix for this. A very very yeah, easy fix. Fire everyone who's making the vermin swarm book. That's that's <laughs> the easiest fix. The second easiest fix is if you really really want to make it. Unbreakable. You you just you just change the wording. You basically put the the bottom the bottom like part of the sentence to the top. You say, while in the same unit as a swarm priest, the model gains fearless, and while the model's unit is steadfast, it does not blah blah blah. So basically, it makes sense that if the swarm priest is there, then they get unbreakable. So that gives the the opponent an option. Okay, if I kill the swarm priest. Then they're not unbreakable anymore, and that would yeah. make it much more palatable. But now it's just broken. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Like definitely, because the swarm priest also only like if you take a swarm priest on foot uh, without a mount or something, and you, sure you can give him like the item where he stands in a rank behind, but he only has like two hit points. You can still like snipe him or, or things like that. Yeah, there's way there's ways around it. But right now, it's just, yeah, you're just unbreakable. Okay. Yeah, like in so I think uh, something that I'm gonna try, which I think is really good, uh, is that you take this unit and you give them the ambush banner, and <laughs> then you uh, you just like ambush out of a hole, and you're like, hey dude, uh, here's forty moles, they're unbreakable, like deal with that. 
Yeah, uh, this is way too much. This is I, yeah. I just don't understand. I don't like one. How how does okay? How does rules team think this is like acceptable? Two like who comes up with this? Three like what? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Three question mark question mark question mark. Yeah, I have a lot of questions about this. Like, I mean, I I deal with the rules team every now and again, and they're questioning things like small stuff with the Dreadelves, like. Um, like okay, maybe we could give the hunting chariot accurate because it's not really taken that much. And they're like, no, too good. And then it's like, oh yeah, let's let's make forty plague disciples and breakable like, yeah, all right, sure. Uh, Why would anyone not take this? Yeah, exactly. yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like it's 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 such a good unit. Like it went from being like a, I guess it, it was already pretty decent, but it was like a like just a normal like units as any other in the book, and to being like one of the best units. I mean, it's, it's one of the best units in the game now. Great weapons, yeah, and unbreakable. So basically, you're gonna get like full attacks with the great weapons all the time. Yeah. Also, Alex, every every one that you roll to hit against them, you take a toxic hit. Yeah, great. Yeah, that one. I have to say though, that one doesn't really do a lot. Like it definitely, like definitely feels a little bit like rules plot when you're playing with it because most I, of the time. I, I, get, I do, I do like, I do like that rule. I do like that rule. I think, yeah, I think it, it feels like fluffy, but I like in when I've played it. Usually, what it happens is that your opponent takes like one or two toxic hits, and you're like, okay, yeah, but cool. Like if, but it doesn't matter. That's just two extra. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's definitely good. Like, it's still good. Uh, I, I think it's, like, I think it's you okay. You break them before they go away. They have two yeah, attacks each. Break. Yeah, they have two attacks, dude. <laughs> you can buy, like, poison pair weapons for them as well if you want to. Hmm. And then they can yeah. get extra poison from something, right? Yeah, if, so if the so basically, I think what I want to try now is that if you take the pendulum thing, like the big platform... Uh, you can you you give them poison pair weapons. They have three attacks each. Uh, the pendulum gives them poison on a five plus, and uh, yeah, then you just like uh, go go to town while you're unbreakable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, you don't. I'm trying to also like uh, not build up too much pressure in my face today, you know. But uh, this is not helping. But like Alex I'm is frowning so hard <laughs> over here. Having like a little bit of a twitch fest in my in my in my quiet fury. Uh, I just don't get it. I don't get like do do they just have like a dartboard with like where everything on the dartboard is awesome and they just throw the darts like fifteen times and go like okay we'll just put all of those in this unit like great. Uh, I, lo- I like. I would love it if they just had like one small little one with a nerf, and it's just like you know, once the blue moon, humanity hit the nerf button. But otherwise, it's just buff, buffs, buffs. <laughs> like, where's the where where is the like disadvantage of this army? Like, I, I like. Know. I would say the disadvantage is is in the like is in the fact that uh, once you are like not in the bubble for most units, that is not this unit. You know, like then suddenly you are like discipline five with no reroll, no minimize, anything like that. Are you stay in the bubble? Yeah, like that. But to like to, to be fair, that is sometimes harder than you would think because like the units are fucking massive and it's like imagine you're in like in a combat or something like if you're pursuing or whatever it is or if you're charging like getting that bubble to the right place is not always easy 
Sure, but I mean, if you're pursuing, like, because they're fleeing, then you're just like, you're just, you're you're taking that chance that you're going to catch them. Yeah, sure, sure, and sure. Then, so you're you're willing to risk that instead of chasing them. Otherwise, you stay in place and yeah. stay in, and stay in the bubble. Yeah, it's like, like sure. I mean, and what is it? A thirty-six inch diameter is eighteen radius. So it's like uh, from the general, it's uh, it's eighteen, and yeah, so then those units. Di- so it's yeah. a thirty-six diameter plus the eagle standards inside of that 18, 18 inch range can increase the bubble, right? Yeah, they like they don't give a, give out the leadership, but they give up uh, they give up like the reroll and the minimize six uh, six inches yeah. around them. Sure. Like it, it's usually the hardest part is to keep your supporting units within that six inch bubble because like being within six of other units is is again like it's a, it kind of works out in a weird way where like um, a lot of times it's hard to fit everything in even though you have this big bubble because everything's so big and then you have the small units that need to go somewhere and then you also don't want to block your own charges because you might need to wheel I mean, and if you have like the fucking 30, 36 inches is 3 feet wide yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a bowl with the table is 6 feet I mean so once you put like, trust me like I've, I've had so many instances playing this army where like you just like something just ends up like you lose one rat too many and suddenly you're outside of 18 or you can't fit it in or like the worst one is when you go to charge and you realize that you need to wheel and you can't wheel because your unit is so big and then you're like shooting supporting unit or whatever it's just standing in the way because it needed to be within six of another unit like there's a lot of like you know like things that are, that are really annoying when you play it that, that so, comes so what play. so what you're saying is if you're shit this army is hard to play I mean, yeah, basically, and I, I'm, I'm definitely shit. Like, it's not dwarves; it's very difficult. <laughs> yeah, well, you, I, I think I think what you're also what you're saying is that like could also have some smaller units. Uh, so, sorry, what? Like, like because the because a bunch of these units are pretty darn good. Like, you can just have a couple of big block units, and then a bunch yeah. of smaller, more maneuverable units, and sort of. You know, I think skip that problem. I, yeah, I think I think where where like the good lists are going with this army is that you just don't even bother with the small units. You just take the big units because they're the good ones. Like the one we just talked about. Like that unit is just gonna do work. Whereas like if you take a small unit of shooting guys, like their output is not the same as you just replace those with combat units. So you just so take, you take big like, ass blocks. If you get like six or seven large large blocks. That you can fit that inside three feet. Yeah, exactly. I'm not, and I mean, not, this unit, for example, that we just discussed, it doesn't need to be within three feet. That could be on the flank, and that gives you a lot more space to, to operate. There you go. So, so not really that big a deal if you put your army down in a reasonable. Like, yeah, start. I would say like if you if you play this army as like big combo blocks, then it's a lot easier than if you play it as like a lot of small bullshit stuff with some combo blocks. That's that's definitely. Uh, but uh, to to like to st- sedate your your like uh, uh, like the the anger a little bit, I would say that the two two best units in the book went up so, like quite significantly by points. The Mamilla uh, brutes. So, yeah, the Mamilla brutes and the fetish brutes uh, went up like something like somewhere between ten and twenty points each, I think, per extra mole. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how much it was. Yeah, the brood, the fetus brutes went up by ten, and the mermillo brutes went up actually just by five. So that's not that much. But the the fetus brutes, I think, were the main offenders because they were like it's resilience five models that you can take in units of fifteen, 
uh, at yeah, the I, I, I saw, they were so good. I saw Holy a lot shit. of the guys on the ETC team running like three times fifteen of these. <laughs> yeah, like currently you can only take thirty max, but yeah, in the in the pre in the playtesting you could take forty five, I think. Yeah, I, th- was, I think I think that was the list. <laughs> and yeah, now it's and been it's, a bit nerfed. I think I think even with how good the disciples have gotten, like that is still kind of the list. Like I still think that the best standout unit in this book is still the fetish brutes because like, holy shit! Dude. I was I was playing fourteen with a character uh, in a game, and it's like I think they generate something like forty plus attacks, and it's like forty good attacks as well. Like it's it's paired weapons, it's strength four, AP two. They have five nature rank, so they fight yeah. three ranks with full attacks. Yeah. That's, yeah, well, Ooh. I mean, the other ranks only get free each, but yeah, like, uh, it's, uh, it, it, yeah, you get, like, 40 plus attacks. It's just crazy. Like, how, it's definitely the best. How many the, points is 15? So you get 10, so it's, like, 600 points? Yeah, now it's something like 600, 650, something like that. Yeah. So 600 points for, yeah, that's quite good. Yeah, it's very good. Agility, like, agility 4 as well? Uh, yeah, and then the, so the the combo is now that you is well you could do this before as well is that you take uh, the BSB and you put it on like another fetish brutes uh, and he can go into the unit and because he has like the greater eagle standard he can take a banner enchantment so there's a banner that gives you battle focus and uh, yeah then you have uh, something like forty attacks with battle focus at strength four AP two ignoring parry you don't think there's anything wrong with that either. Uh, no, I think this is like the, this is the most bro- broken like unit in the book. Like I think this is the this unit kind of is actually like really problematic for the rest of the book because, like, when you're taking anything out, you take core, you take characters, and then you're like, okay, what should I take? And it's like you you'll never like I don't think you can get better than taking this unit. Like you'll take like why why would you not have a unit of fifteen? It's so good. Like. Every time I go to make a list, I'm just like, well, I'd, I'd like to try this new thing, but I gotta have my 15 brutes. And then suddenly you're like, oh, well, that's 600 points, you know, uh, into something else. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they, are, they, are very, they are very good, but they're also no armor, res 5. Yeah. Yep. They're res 5. Like, they're, like, if you have 15, that's like 45 res 5 hit points. Yeah, it's a, it's a big old block, right? Yeah, it's. I mean, like, I definitely lost them. Like, you know, they they definitely lose combats sometimes if they get flanked or whatever. But like, but they they. I mean, they go to town usually, like on whatever they fight. Yeah, maybe they just need to be a little bit more expensive or max yeah. like twelve or something like that. Or just like lose paired weapons, maybe. Like, why why do we have paired weapons? Mm. Yeah, I mean, you could take paired weapons away, give them four attacks. Yeah, or just just free attacks. I mean, free attacks is fine. Like, they, I don't see why they need four attacks. The paired weapons also gives them offensive three and ignore parry. Yeah, I mean, although with offensive three, are you ever gonna hit on better than a four plus anyway? No. But but yeah, maybe parry would make them like if they're offensive two, they might hit on five plus against a lot of stuff. So yeah, maybe true. just offensive three base and free attacks would be fine. Yeah, no, I think no I think I'd I'd make them. Either offensive three or four attacks and remove pad weapons, but yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, let's see. I I think there's only yeah there's only really one thing that's well two things that are that's significant. I think that's go for about. it. 
Yeah, so ex the experimental weapon teams uh, so were not very good before. I'm not convinced they're very good still, but now they have something to help them. So now they have a, a rule, they're light troops, which means that they can reform when they move. Uh, but they have a rule that prevents them from marching and shooting, basically. So you can like move them five inches and like turn around and stuff and shoot things. And I think this this will definitely help them be yeah, actually I, be small. I like, I like this rule. Yeah, because before they were like clunky as hell, and you just couldn't really. It's very difficult to, to shoot stuff. So so that that's just quite good. And I think to to finish off, uh, the cannon is no longer a cannon. So that that's quite interesting. Uh, so we we talked about the fact that the cannon can uh, do trial and terror for d6 wounds. So they listened to that feedback and they said, "Yeah, that's a good that's some good feedback, but we're gonna keep the d6 wounds, but we're also gonna make it more random by removing it, the cannon rule. So uh, it doesn't ignore cover or anything anymore, and it doesn't give you plus one to hit gigantic stuff, but on a very lucky shot, it can still do six wounds. Wait, 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 what? So, so like before, it was a cannon, right? So a cannon gets ignored, ignore, ignores cover for everything, yeah, and uh, and plus one to hit gigantic. Okay. It just lost the cannon rule uh, completely, yeah, uh, but otherwise it remained mostly the same. So it, so now so now it doesn't get plus one to hit against gigantic, gigantic, and that's it. Yeah, that, that's it, basically. And doesn't ignore cover. So it, it got, like, a lot worse uh, in general, but it still has, like, the spike potential is still there. Like, you can still do... If you're within 24, it can still do multiple ones D6. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's... I don't know. I, 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 I think it's... Like, right now, they... Like, before, I think it wasn't, like... It wasn't that it was too good. It was just too spiky. And now it's still, like, it can still spike, but it's still very expensive, so I don't really see why you would take it, because, like, you know how many woods and shit there's on the table, and you have to shoot over your own dudes, like, you're gonna take a lot of cover penalties and things like that, like, it's just 210 points for, like, a strength 7, or both forward, basically. I think, I think without the plus one to hit and ignoring cover, it's probably not that good. Yeah, exactly. I, I just feel like they made it shit, but also still, like, annoying because it can do D6 ones. Ah, uh, because most cannons are D3. Yeah, exactly. So, so it could it could still one-shot your, your dragon, like, if you're if you're not careful. Yeah. But it's also a lot shitter than it was before, so... I don't know. It's just, like, the worst of both worlds, I feel like. It's, it's like, when, when you play with a dragon, it's like, ah, if you shoot me, you're not gonna hit me. And then they hit, and you're like, oh no. <laughs> and it's comes. like, three plus the wound, and they wound, and you're like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah, here it comes. <laughs> here it comes. <laughs> and then you're just like, not a six, not a six, not a six. And and you know, you know, you know, there's nothing nothing you can do about it. If they're all six, you just got, you just got to take your dragon off. Yeah. This is uh, this reminds me of when I was playing Andy uh, with and I had stone throwers. He was playing like a very uh, way back uh, before the Warriors book. He had like a character on a chariot, which was a general worth lots of points, and he was hiding it the whole game until like the last turn. For whatever reason, I could get a pot shot off, so it was a five to hit. I get to five, the two to wound. I get to two, and he has a four plus ages, and he fails the ages. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, if I get a five or six on its die, I win the game. <laughs> And yeah, the, the six came up and I won the game. <laughs> Please. 
That's, that's just dice for you, right? Yeah, exactly. All right, so that was the last change in the in the book, or the last major change? Yeah. So what, what do we think overall about the changes? There wasn't that many. Seems like there was a lot. <laughs> There's a lot of, like, small, like, uh, points little points changes and stuff, and stuff but, as well. But, like, the major changes that we went through, like, what do we think? Trash. <laughs> I, I, I tend so, to agree. <laughs> I tend to agree. I, I think, like, on the whole, the major changes have just been a bit like, well, this is broken. <laughs> I, like, feel, I feel like maybe they're going a little bit hard in, like, mitigating the, the restrictions they put into the book, where they're like, oh, the leadership is re- restriction. Here, take some rules to ignore it. And yeah, the magic so, is restriction. Yeah. Here, take some rules to ignore it. Like, that. that's maybe not the right direction. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And yeah. um, th- this, to me, this screams of like not not waiting long enough to test a book. Yeah, I see what you mean. Like kind of, yeah, the, the cycle of, of alpha updates is very fast right now. Like it's, yeah. uh, I think it was only like a month or two since the last alpha. Yeah, to, to me, this is like saying, okay, like, yeah, we haven't really done enough playtesting here, but this is what we feel and this is what we're going to do. And yeah, I, I think it needs to be a little bit longer bet- between changes, and obviously they they've gone way overboard on some of them. Yeah, the, the disciples is a the, the disciples, the magic, the senator. Yeah, yeah, they're, exactly. they're, like they're, a, they're the big ones for me. Yeah, like for me, I think the the greater eagle standard for the, instead of the BSP is that's a really good direction. Like yeah, that, that's that I fine. really like. That's fine. But but yeah, I agree. Like the disciples, just like you know, you you can find another way for them to operate outside the bubble without getting unbreakable. Like unbreakable is a bullshit rule that shouldn't exist. Like in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I agree. I think. I what think, do you think yeah. is happening where people are coming up with like this stuff? They're like, oh man, but nobody's gonna take them because you can't do this, whatever. And then somebody, somebody's just like, oh, why don't we just make them unbreakable? And they're like, yeah, great, great, yeah, great. Great, 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 great. But like the funniest thing, Al, is that like I've, I've, when I'm supposed to work, I've been on the Vermin's Forum forum a lot, and like there's definitely people who like read that rule and they're like, this is really stupid and not good at all, and nobody's gonna take it. And I'm like, what universe do you live in? You know, like how, <laughs> how can you read that rule and be like, this is not good because you, I mean, like I'm in the bubble anyway. I'm like, literally, it's unbreakable. Like, you could just put it there and it will, it will not go anywhere. <laughs> and it's great weapon attacks. Like, come on. Yeah, is, it's like, is, like, there, is there still something where you could get like fighting extra rank and bullshit like that? Uh, not, not on that unit. Uh, but like still if you're if you're in uh, like if you're fighting like some you know on the flank usually there's not going to be like huge ranked units so you can go in line formation be unbreakable and fight in free ranks anyway yeah yeah exactly I mean it, it would make more sense if it was like yeah I mean stubborn yeah like so yeah, I, I don't know exactly what, but I feel like there should be another solution. If you if the goal is this unit shouldn't need to be in the bubble, like there should be another solution there. Yeah, yeah. It, it could even you could even say like give it the old rule like you get the rank bonus up yeah, to that, that would be fine as to well. discipline or something like that. Like whatever. Yeah. What I don't get is like why put all of this effort into making this special system. You know, this bubble, <laughs> exactly. the, the bubble, like exactly. put all the work in and make all these special rules and all this shit and then go, oh, but like this unit, 
we'll just make it ignore all of that. It's like, <laughs> why? Why yeah. are you? Why? Why are you doing this? Why not just take all all the trash out? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Do you, I do don't you know understand. Do you know what's even? The the ruinous dictator, like the big rat guy, he he gives all the the units uh, unstable within his inspiring presence. So like if you take him as a general, you kind of become like a pseudo undead army. And the funniest thing with this new unit is that it's already unbreakable, right? So it doesn't lose anything if it loses. So then you lose models. So it's like a real conundrum. Like so you, you have to so you, ne- you would, so you would never take the disciples if you take the ruinous dictator. Yeah, and this is like it's a it's a really good example of terrible design. I think. Yeah, like okay, I'm I'm gonna theme my list around the plague guys. So I'm gonna take the ruinous dictator with the plague upgrade, and I'm not gonna take any plague guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Sure. So that was the the VS uh, book review, or the VS update review at least. Uh, We will take a quick break now so that I can easily edit this podcast, and we'll come back and we're going to do a Soaring Ancients background supplement review. Oh yeah. Welcome back to Amazon Podcast. We are now going to go through the Soaring Ancients background supplement. But before we do that, I um, have a, little, a few little things I want to take up. So something I forgot to mention in the hobby section is that I, rec- I actually today got a new model. It's, cool. um, it's from a company called TT Combat. Oh, yeah, I have, uh, I have Undead from them. Like, yeah, uh, and the, the model that I got is, is like a zombie cockatrice from them. Ooh, yeah, I've seen it. That's cool one. And I'm going to use it as a monstrous revenant for my Vampire Counts army. It arrived today, and the sculpt is fantastic. It's really good quality, and I'm quite excited to put it together. I think I'm going to call her Harriet. <laughs> and, um, yeah. So that that's, that was some news. <laughs> nice. I I have some uh, zombie halflings uh, from them to give you as well, which I think we just forgot about last time. Okay. Cool. I mean, they they so, can go in the zombie units at some point. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're like coming out of the ground and stuff. I got them for free when I backed their like oh, Undying cool. Dynasties uh, Kickstarter. Oh, cool. Do they have Undying Dynasties models as well? Uh, yeah, they're like. Uh, I think they just released some of them now on like the normal store. Uh, but uh, but yeah, they're not all of them are released yet. I think they also have like a range of uh, like uh, dread elf, uh, like Egyptian style dread elves. I think. Okay, can you also buy those in the web shop? Uh, I don't know if I, I haven't checked if they're released yet. I guess we can we can check. But uh, but yeah, like the only thing I would say is that they're like they're they're all like they're all basically all just uh, females that are all like a little bit booby. I think uh, which. 
I don't know. Like, I feel like maybe they could have had some like hot dudes in there as well, just to like pat it out. But uh, but, yeah. but it's, <laughs> it's pretty cool. That hot dudes. They're yeah, they're, boob, they're booby zombie halflings. <laughs> no, no, they're booby uh, like Egyptian elves. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, interesting choices here. I don't I don't see. I'm just on the website now. I can see that they have the the UD stuff on the webshop. Actually, really, really, really nice. Yeah, the malls are really great. They have, uh, like, some um, Soaring Ancient stuff. They have the Cockatrice. They have the Zombie Cockatrice. Uh, they have Trolls. They have Halflings. They what have, are you going like, to use the Cockatrice for? Sorry? What are you going to use the Cockatrice for? Um, I'm going to use the Zombie Cockatrice for a Monstrous Revenant for my Vampire Count army. So it's okay. like a, a flying uh, monster. Okay. Um, but yeah. the cockatrice would be really good for like a chimera or a manticore or even a hippogriff. Or if you wanted to, if you're collecting like a halfling army, it would be good for like a griffin. Maybe if you're using your halflings as empire, for example. Well, yeah, manticore, manticores. Um, you know, I'm looking for manticores, right? So. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to say about zombie, having a zombie um, block or whatever for your undead army is, I totally think that a zombie block should just be ragtag. Like, it should just be models from, like, every fucking army type. You know what I mean? It should just be, like, a bunch of different shit because they're zombies. You know, like, they got raised from some random, like, randomly. Yeah, yeah. You know, so having, like, some dwarf zombies and some elf zombies and some fucking warrior zombies and so on i think it's cool because it also gives you that like you know it's that one thing you sort of talk about in the sort of in the hobby aspect about unit filling right it's like if stuff is really tall make the unit fillers really small or if your stuff if your stuff is like all sort of fairly short make your unit fillers tall or bigger like have some like dynamics in the um, in the visuals of the unit yeah. and like having stuff that's a bunch of different shapes and sizes is it's pretty cool. Like, like I still have all of those, um, like Viking style type barbarians that I bought at some point from Hassle Free Minis that I haven't painted because basically because I stopped using barbarians in my army. <laughs> um, you saw the light. <laughs> I was like, I was like, okay, giant forty block of barbarians with great weapons, not as great as I was hoping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, so uh, even if even if you put a even if you put a a, a a tribal spear giant in there, they seem to just get broken real quick. So it wasn't, it wasn't working for me. When you well, when you get in charge by swordmasters, that kind of happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like basically all units. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah so. It's in conclusion, TT Combat, a uh, really cool place to to check out some models. I, I hadn't found it until recently, and uh, they have some really interesting stuff. They also have ogres. I'm looking right now at some halfling walrus riders. Yeah, they, they have like, uh, they kind of, their first uh, Kickstarter, I think, was really like halfling focused. So there's like a halfling vampire count army, a halfling like empire style army like that you can probably make like whatever you want out of their halflings and then now they did like a desert style one so there's like a 
coming out soon, I think, will be, well, these uh, elf guys from Egypt-themed and then halflings from the desert as well. So they have, like, you know, they look like uh, the, the nomads in the desert and stuff with riding camels and shit like that. Like, it's, it's a lot of cool stuff coming out. Yeah, they also do fire elementals, which should be perfect for Kadim. They do rock golems, ice golems, trolls. They do charismatic halfling adventurers. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. So there's loads of cool stuff. Check it out. TTcombat.com. Uh, recommend it. Really good service. I got my models really fast as well. So that was nice. So another thing to mention is NerdCon is coming up on the 23rd of October. A few of the guys from UK are coming over. Um, the lists are out. We maybe will do a list review episode a little bit closer to the time. I might even do a preliminary matchup thing if uh, if people sign up to Tawny Keeper. But let's put a pin in that one. So something to look out for. Um, you can see the lists on um, if you go on Facebook and you and you request to join Ninth Age in Denmark, you can find the lists on that page. So if you request it, I'm admin, I'll accept you, and then you can have a look at the lists. Uh, the other thing to mention is um, Casimir and I are doing an online tournament at the moment called the Smith F Invitational. Um, it's like a, a fluffy-ish tournament where we are doing like kind of funky army list and stuff like that um you can follow us on the tournament on the podcast and we're doing a little episode about once a week um so yeah check us out on that and give us your give us your feedback on our lists uh talk about our games and i feel like there's some kind of i think there's like the one of the competitions in the tournament is that if you you can vote for us and then we win (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like if you're like favorite player or coverage or something like that. I don't know how that's going to work, though. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, vote for us, please. <laughs> <laughs> I know who I'm voting for. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, just uh, somebody. Yeah, oh, I'm going to definitely vote. I'm just saying I know. Okay, cool. <laughs> no, I'll, vote, I'll vote for you, nerds. What do, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. no, I was, you know, I was wondering, like, if you only have one vote, then you have to choose, you know? And oh, then oh, do I have to pick one of you? I don't. I have no idea. Maybe you have to choose your favorite team. child, Alex. Yeah. Oh shit. Oh, it's so hard. So hard to decide. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm actually Casimir, looking at these. Like, Casimir never, Casimir never bothers me to print minis, but. <laughs> Henry is much more local. <laughs> yeah. so it's difficult. I can't. I can't say on there who I like more. Yeah, it's sure. political. It's, that's o- good. it's that's okay, good. Alex. It's okay. <laughs> you don't have to tell Casimir that he's not your favorite. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll write it down in an envelope, and I'll see that when I die, you guys can open it. <laughs> is this like what every parent does? Like that's the last thing in the, in the way. <laughs> it's like blank was my favorite. It's like here, here, here is my three D printer as in my will to you, my favorite, my favorite podcaster. Yeah, my favorite Coca Cola podcaster. Just, uh, just one more point about these TT combat is like they're actually really cheap. I I don't remember how much I bought the the zombie cockatrice for because it's now sold out and doesn't have a price. But 
the you can buy a mummy army box which is a hundred quid and you get six shabti looks like 40 infantry 20 archers a catapult five carrion and three characters which is pretty good so it yeah. works out about like one pound a model or less yeah so definitely it's... and like if you i think if you buy like a, a you just one unit of dudes like you get something like 20 for 20 quid as well yeah so exactly so it's actually a really good value. price but yeah let's uh let's I'm just going to stop the podcast now, take a quick break, and we'll come back and talk about Soaring Ancient. Mm-hmm.